the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and on the broadcast today, I'll visit with Bodie Hodge of Answers in Genesis about creation from a biblical worldview. And you can reach out to me anytime to share your thoughts or comments about the broadcast at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Welcome to this edition of The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm joined by Bodhi Hodge. And Bodhi is with Answers in Genesis, which has long been one of my favorite ministries Bodhi is an engineer, he's a speaker, writer, and researcher for Answers in Genesis, and as we were just laughing about before we started recording here, he's a sinner saved by grace. That title could apply as the number one best title for every guest that I have here on the Plum Line, and for myself as well, and uh, praise God for that. Welcome to the show, Bodhi. Hey, it's great to be on. Excited to have you on here, and we're going to talk about Young Earth Creation today. So let me just start this way, Bodie, and have you share a little bit about yourself and how the Lord drew you into this whole subject that we're going to be discussing here of, of Young Earth Creation. Give us a little bit of background, if you would, about yourself. Well, you know, I uh, grew up in a Christian home. I got saved about nine years old, but the reality is I really didn't grow a whole lot. All the way up into my college years, I actually struggled having answers myself. And uh, when I was in college, uh, about the time I started teaching at the university, um, I actually had a lot of questions come up dealing with the age of the earth, dealing with evolution. I didn't have any answers. I didn't know what to do with that. So I started looking up answers, and I started to dive into this subject called apologetics. Don't let that scare you. Apologetics does not mean to go out and apologize. It means to give a logical reason, defense for your faith. 
And uh, once I started to get answers, I really started to grow in that. And uh, uh, after a few years of really uh, growing and developing in that, I ended up here at the Ministry of Answers in Genesis with the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. And uh, I've absolutely loved doing it over these years. Mm, well, and you have an engineering degree, and so you have a, a background of sorts in science. And so we're going to kind of pull that in here as I want to talk a little bit about scientists, at least those who are quote-unquote, of the world and how it's uh, difficult for them sometimes to uh, hold to the young earth creation view because they're quote-unquote made fun of uh, sometimes by those in that profession who aren't believers or at least not following the biblical worldview on the topic. And so we'll we'll draw that in in just a bit here. But I want to start really basic and have you explain what we mean by young earth creation. And I, I realize that's not a, a five-second uh, answer, so uh, you can share <laughs> as much as you want on that. In fact, maybe you want to draw in, you know, Genesis chapter one and two and uh, pull some of that in, but however you want to explain that, what do we mean when we say we are young earth creationists? Well, you know, that is a big term, and I think a lot of people out there, they hear it, they're like, what? What's going on? What is this? (laughs) Uh, Young earth uh, basically stands in opposition to the secular world's long age, millions and billions of years, big bang type of a worldview. A lot of us have been drilled with that particular worldview. I was from kindergarten to college. And, you know, I've got massive number of books, dinosaur books and things like that, that, that openly profess what we call the old earth worldview. Now, what we mean by a, a young earth worldview is we're, we're going back to the Bible. We're going to say, hey, hold on, let's just stop for a second. Let's not just take what the world is telling us. Let's go back to God and his word, because there's no greater authority than God. And so we're going to go back to God's word, and we're going to see what God says with regards to origins, with regards to, say, the age of the earth. And, uh, you know, some of these evolutionary ideas that have been floating around out there, let's go back to God and see what God has to say. When you go back to the early pages of the Bible, uh, Genesis, for example, God, by his own power, creates everything in six days and rests on the seventh. Now, that's actually in stark contrast to what we see out in the world today, where people have largely rejected God and said everything came about by natural processes, no supernatural, no God involved. That's what a Big Bang is. It is a model that says everything created itself without God from nothing. It's a very odd uh, viewpoint when you actually step back and think about it. But when we start with the Bible, a perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient God, he is the one who created everything by his own power and for his own glory. And when you go back to his word, like I said, he created everything in six days. He rests on the seventh. From that point, Okay, God created everything. Man was created on the sixth day of creation. And on that sixth day, we have Adam, we have Eve. That is our respective ancestors going all the way. They're our greatest grandparents for all people uh, on the earth. So we go back to Adam and Eve. From there, we see genealogies throughout Scripture. And if you add up genealogies from Adam all the way up to Abraham, you get about 2,000 years. Now, most scholars, Christian or secular, agreed that Abraham lived about 2,000 years before Jesus, which is about 4,000 years ago from today. So just from a rough estimate, you get somewhere in the neighborhood of about 6,000 years for the age of the earth if you just start with the Bible. Now, I've actually tallied this up. I've actually published on this, but I'm not the only one. You know, there's some famous people who've done it. Archbishop James Usher, back in the 1600s, he tallied up the age of the earth. He got about 6,000 years ago, about 4,000 B.C., Uh, Specifically, he was 4004 B.C. Isaac Newton, who was arguably one of the greatest scientists who ever lived, he actually defended Usher and actually made a few modifications in the king. But uh, quite a few people have done this over the past 2,000 years, Christians and Jews, and we all arrive at dates very similar. 
there's a few places, just so you know, that it's not straightforward to calculate. So people sometimes battle over a few years here or a few years there. But by and large, people are in general agreement that it's a matter of thousands of years, not millions and billions of years. And that's where this idea of young earth creation, or more specifically, a lot of people call it biblical creation, actually comes from. So that's a long answer to a short question. Yeah, it's much briefer than it certainly could be. In fact, we'll flesh it out even more. And I'm glad you brought up the genealogy aspect, because uh, from what I read in your bio, you're really into that component. You've traced yourself, uh, your roots back to Adam, huh? <laughs> yeah, on my mom's side, it was, it was pretty fascinating. I had a relative who really likes to do some of that, great uncle, actually. As soon as he told me that he had tied our genealogy into some of the royal genealogies in Europe, I got really excited because a lot of these uh, European royals, they have lines that go right back to Noah, uh, which take you right back to Adam. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So, And I, and I appreciate uh, you bringing that up, that uh, that's in essence how sometimes we just talk about young earth creation being God created in six days, but we have to stress the component that's only been a few thousand years. And, and really, that's uh, as big or maybe even a bigger part of the discrepancy, disagreement, I guess, that the world has with uh, yeah. with creation is is that aspect more than just the the six days or even that God did the creating it's it's that short time frame and I want to get into that more but before I do that uh, I'll try to make that the next thing so I don't forget here but uh, before I do that I, I really want to start off and set the foundation by saying that it's possible to hold a different view about these things about creation that we're discussing today and still be a believer still be a Christian and I think it's important to set that stage because I don't want people you know, taking off and not listening to this because they hold a different view and they just feel that we're going to be saying they're not a believer or whatever, that we're not going to be saying that. So uh, maybe just touch on that a little bit first, if you would, for us. Yeah, and you know what? That's an excellent point. That's something good to bring up because a lot of people misconstrue that. They think, oh, well, you must be saying if you don't believe in a young earth, you're not saved. And that, that's totally incorrect. Uh, you know, for example, a good friend of mine, Dr. Tommy Mitchell, he used to be a speaker here at the Ministry of Answers in Genesis before he died. Uh, he was a, an atheist. He was an evolutionist for much of his life. And uh, then he got saved out of all that. Now, what's amazing about that is he got saved, but at the same time, he still believed evolution for a long time. Now, did that mean he wasn't saved? No, of course he was saved. But he just, what it was is he just, he wasn't being consistent with what the Bible said with regards to what was going on in Genesis. He had been trained as a scientist, as a medical doctor, actually. He bought into an evolutionary worldview. When he got saved, he just didn't have all the, all the cards lined up properly. And what he needed to do was go back to the Bible. And uh, when he did, and he started going, oh, wow, I shouldn't be holding on to this evolutionary worldview. I need to get rid of that, too, and stick with the Bible from the very first verse. So, you know, that's actually a very important point. You know, somebody could believe in millions and billions of years, and yes, they can be saved. The point is they're being inconsistent with what God says in His Word. Now, I don't say that too lightly either, because back in my past, I struggled with this very thing. Like I said, I got saved when I was nine years old, when I was in college. I, I really hadn't grown a whole lot in my faith. And there was a time when I was reading a number of different books that was really promoting Big Bang and millions of years and this long-age scenario, and they just wanted to kind of tack Jesus onto it. And uh, I actually read a number of those books, and I was actually considering that position myself. Hey, should I, should I come over here and be maybe a progressive creationist, uh, where you take the days and try to stretch them out? Or there was gap theory, you know, maybe you just put a whole bunch of millions of years between a couple of verses. You know, and I actually struggled with that myself for, for quite some time until I stepped back and said, okay, let's just go with what God says. 
let's take it at face value and just go from there. I needed to realize that God is the one that's always right. People can be wrong. I could be wrong. But God is always right. And uh, that helps solidify my view on that. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up right up front because a lot of people do misunderstand that particular argument. Yes, you can believe in long ages and still be saved. The problem is you're being inconsistent with the scriptures. Mm, yeah. Well, Bodie Hodge from Answers in Genesis is my guest here on the Plum Line. And um, let's uh, go ahead, Bodie, and do this here because I mentioned, you know, there may be people tuning in to this broadcast who don't believe in young earth creationism, but yet they are saved. They are solid believers in Jesus Christ. They're just not uh, agreeing with this particular aspect. And that's one of the reasons for this show is hopefully they'll maybe hear some things that will stir them to hold to what the Bible really has to say about creation. But there's another component here that there may be those tuning in, just flipping through the dial or whatever, and don't yet believe in Jesus Christ. And and one of the best ways, at least from my perspective, to help people see the truth of the gospel and what Jesus Christ uh, has done for them is by starting at the beginning, starting with creation. Um, Just what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is it that we do have to believe to be saved? In fact, there may be people who have just hopped online, or maybe they've been listening and they just don't quite get the gospel. They don't know what's going on. Um, in fact, uh, it relates to a very big question that I get a lot. Uh, you know, how could a loving God allow death and suffering in the world? Believe it or not, that is a powerful question to explain the gospel, because a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, it, you can look at people all over the world. They're struggling with their personal issues. They may know somebody that's going through something really tough. And sometimes it's tough for somebody to step back and say, why did God make the world like this? Well, let me explain that. When God created everything, a perfect God made a perfect creation. Now, that might surprise people, but it really was. Deuteronomy 32.4 says that every work of God is perfect, and that's what we expected from a perfect God with a perfect creation. When God created everything in six days, at the end of that sixth day, God saw everything that he had made, and he declared it very good. That's in Genesis 1.31. It really was perfect. It really was very good. But see, we're not living in a world that's very good anymore. Something has happened, and that brings us to Genesis chapter 3. When our mutual ancestors, Adam and Eve, when they sinned against God, when they ate from the fruit God told them not to eat from, the punishment for that was death. Death. I mean... If you step back and think about what happened when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they no longer live today because they've now died. As a result of their sin, we all die too because all of our life was wrapped up in them. When they sinned and fell, we all fell. Like, for example, where did my life came from? Well, it came from my parents. Where did my parents' life come from? Well, it came from their parents. You go back far enough, our life was wrapped up in Adam and Eve right back there in the Garden of Eden. There's a passage uh, in the New Testament that talks about Levi being in the body of his ancestor Abraham when he paid tithes to Melchizedek. If we think about that, all of our life really was wrapped up in Adam and Eve when they sinned. When they sinned, God cursed the ground. He cursed the animals, and he sentenced man to die. Right there in Genesis chapter 3, the world went from a perfect state to an imperfect and broken state. In fact, that's why we need a new heavens and a new earth. This one is cursed, and this one is broken. So we have all fallen short. Adam and Eve fell short. Now we all fall short. We all sin as well. You know, I think of Adam. Adam, you know, in the Bible, he lived 930 years, and yet he has one sin on record. I mean, I just think of my own life. I blew that out of the water before breakfast. You know, I have so many sins in my life. It's it's hard to actually grasp. But here's what you need to understand. The punishment from an infinite and eternal God would technically be an infinite punishment that would go on for eternity. 
that's why we need a Savior to save us from sin and death, to save us from that punishment that we deserve from a perfectly holy God, a perfectly just God who will punish sin. Mm. And you might think, who could possibly take that punishment? And there's only one person, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The second person of the triune God, he steps into history, takes on flesh, becomes a man. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross, the infinite Son of God took the infinite punishment from the infinite Father. That was enough to satisfy God's wrath on sin, on all sin, past, present, and future. The blood of Jesus Christ being spilt right there, that paid that infinite punishment that we deserve. And those who believe in Jesus Christ, believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, they're the ones who then receive the gift of salvation, eternal life, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. It is absolutely amazing when you step back and think of it. Now, why is that a big deal? In, in today's culture, people say, oh, but we see all this death and suffering. They want to blame God for it. You shouldn't blame God for it. God was perfectly innocent in all this. It was man's sin that caused all the death and suffering. That's why we're in this world. That's why we're in this state. That's why we need to be saved from this. Now, just because you get saved doesn't mean your life is perfect by any means. We're still living in a sin-cursed and broken world until Christ returns and consummates everything. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. There'll be no more death or suffering or crying or tears. of something to look forward to as a Christian. But when we think about death and suffering in today's culture, we have been ingrained and have been taught the secular humanistic worldview. Now, I just threw out a term that probably threw everybody for a loop. The secular humanistic worldview, the secular humanistic religion is what is dominating all across the Western world. We see it in secular media. We see it in the secular museums. We see it in secular textbooks, a lot of our secular education. What that secular humanistic worldview is, is saying, hey, we're going to reject God as being the absolute authority and elevate ourselves, mankind, to be the ultimate authority. In other words, humans become an authority over God and his word. That is called humanism in its broadest sense. The secular forms of humanism basically just erase God and throw the Bible out of it. As a result of that, we've been taught the secular humanistic origin story. Big Bang, everything created itself without God. Millions and billions of years of death, pain, struggling, and suffering leads up to man's existence through an evolutionary worldview. We've been drilled with that worldview. And so all of a sudden, we've been influenced by that worldview, thinking man was primitive in the past, for example, that death and suffering are just part of this world. And then somebody comes up to you and says, hey, what about God? And then people want to throw God onto that worldview. And all of a sudden, you have God being the bad guy because all this death and suffering would have come from him, not from man's sin. You see how that becomes an inconsistency. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get back to the Bible understand God made it perfect. It's because a man's sin, death, and suffering came to the world, but Jesus Christ stepped into history to save us from sin and death. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. I want to encourage people to repent of their sins and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Mm, Yes, indeed. Well, our culture and our background certainly do make it extra challenging to come to faith in Jesus Christ, but he is standing there waiting and desires for every person to repent and to come to faith uh, in him. And so that opportunity is still there. The door is not uh, closed 
for you. You can come to faith in Jesus Christ right now if you have not done so. And thank you, Bodie, for that great explanation. I do want to say that if there are those who, you know, maybe are thinking about this for the first time, possibly, this would be a good time to reach out uh, to me, or you can reach out to Bodie as well. Contact him through the Answers in Genesis ministry, but you can reach me, and I'll be glad to discuss this further because it's the most important decision you can obviously make. What to do about Jesus Christ and what he did for you. The Plumline Radio at gmail.com is the email. The Plumline Radio at gmail.com. Remember, Plum is P L U M B. There's a B on the end of it. So reach out to me via email right now. The Plumline Radio at gmail.com. Hey, I'm with Michael Ross, the creator of Revelator Games. Michael, can you tell us why you developed this unique game? Sure. Let me just clarify something. So it's a small group Bible study activity with a board game element to it. I created the game because I myself personally delight in God's word, you know, through scripture memorization. So I created this game so that we can, one, memorize scripture, but also have fun while we're doing it. Mm, The Remain game and more, you can check out Mike's products at revelatorgames.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. This is The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and on today's broadcast, my guest is Bodie Hodge with the Answers in Genesis ministry. Most are familiar with that ministry based out of Kentucky. And, of course, they have the Creation Museum, Ark Encounter, and Bodie has the opportunity to speak and share seminars there and elsewhere, seminars on topics like the one we're discussing today, which is Young Earth Creation from a Biblical Worldview. And when you really dig into the Scriptures, that is the view of creation that fits with what the Word of God says. And so while we pointed out in the opening segment that you can hold other beliefs and still be a follower and a believer, believer in Jesus Christ, when you really dig into the Word of God, you really should fall upon this young earth creation view, because uh, the scriptures, you know, just start off with the beginning, Genesis 1 and 2, they paint uh, the picture of an earth created by the Creator, by God, uh, in six days, and the seventh day he rested, and I want to talk a little bit about that, too, if we have time, and then they discuss the fact that when you look at the genealogies and trace the history of this through the scriptures, you see that the earth is really only several thousand years old. Now, I want to kind of start here and pick up where we left off uh, sharing the gospel at the end of that opening segment, Bodhi, with a scripture from Romans chapter 1, where it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Now, that whole Romans 1 chapter, or most of it anyway, deals with 
uh, in essence, man's sin and just the great depravity of mankind, things that you were talking about at the end of that last segment there. And it makes an important point that sometimes people question and say, oh, what about those who, you know, have never heard the gospel? And this is kind of where we find our answer, at least one of the answers to that in Romans chapter 1. So I wanted to start there because it kind of flows right off what we were talking about in the last segment here, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. In fact, it's interesting you brought that up because that was one of the issues my dad always had struggled with. You know, what about those who never heard and never got a chance to hear the gospel? And, I, you know, it was interesting. You know, yes, Romans chapter 1 says, hey, no one has an excuse. They can look out there. They can see that there's definitely a creator. The question is, where are they going to go from there? You know, a lot of people want to reject God, and, of course, he gives them over to a depraved mind there in Romans chapter 1. But, you know, there's a couple of other passages in Scripture as well, you know, where it says that, you know, Jesus says when he is raised up, he will draw all people into himself. God says he draws all people into himself as well. So there is that drawing from God. The question is, how do people respond to that sort of thing? And that comes down, you know, to those issues of the responsibility of the response. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really powerful. You know, God really does open those doors. If you seek God with all your heart, he opens those doors. That's not the problem. Of course, the Bible talks multiple times about seeking God and, and you know, draw close to God. He'll draw close to you and so forth. So we just need to remember that, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, people are listening right now, and if they're like, well, you know, I'm so far away from God. I've sinned so much. It has nothing to do with that. Draw close to the Lord, and he'll draw close to you. You know, repent of those sins. Come back to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I once heard that it doesn't matter how many steps you've taken away from God, it's only one step back. And uh, I know, uh, you know, from uh, experience chatting with so many people over the years, sometimes people just think, but I'm so far gone, I don't even want to turn around. I don't even know where to start. Well, the, the first place to start is with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you think of people like Paul, the Apostle Paul, he was going so far away from God, he was actually attacking the church, and the Lord saved him out of it. If you look at people like C.S. Lewis or Josh McDowell, they were going in whole different directions, and the Lord turned them around. So don't ever think you're too far away from salvation. As long as you're breathing, you have a chance mm. uh, to repent and come back to the Lord and Savior. Amen. Yeah. Well, friends in the listening audience, be sure to tune in for the next edition of The Plumb Line when I'll continue my visit with Bodie Hodge of Answers in Genesis. We'll talk more about young earth creation from a biblical worldview. You can reach out to me and share your thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast at this email, theplumbliradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plumb Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.